Hi, and welcome to the podcast from Knox Presbyterian Church in McDonald's Corners, Ontario. Knox is part of a three-church charge between Elfin, Snow Road, and McDonald's Corners. Each Sunday, there's a 9.30 a.m. service in Elfin or Snow Road, and then again at Knox in McDonald's Corners. If you are able to join us next week, we'd love to see you at one of our services. If not, we hope this reaches you wherever you are. This audio recording is from the 11 a.m. service with Pastor Philip Roblard. For more information, please contact us on our Facebook page. Our first service a year ago on Zoom. That's hard to believe, but it is. (laughs) It is the truth. Anyways, we're glad you're here and uh, trust that uh, the Lord will bless you for with all that we have going on. Um, and so uh, we have uh, Isabel who's got a birthday and uh, we wish her a very happy birthday today, 85 years. Uh, so that's a long time, but uh, it gets closer with each day that I'm alive. So there you go. Um, <laughs> we will have, I haven't spoken to Joel about this, but uh, we will we will have if all all things go well um, a Good Friday service. Is that possible? We'll talk about the time when I talk to you one on one. But uh, is that possible, Joel? We can make anything work. Okay. I'm, I'm I might not be there, but we'll make sure to set everything up so that it will happen. Okay. Thank you. Um, so. Uh, we're glad you're here and trust that the Lord will bless you. Um, we, uh, we're going to call the service to worship, Psalm 125, verses 1 to 4. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you, Joel, to be our, our people, uh, the people, and I will be the leader. Everyone who trusts the Lord is like Mount Zion that cannot be shaken and stands forever. The Lord is on our side. The enemy attack would have killed us all. The Lord protects his people by hiding them in his arms forever. Let's ask the Lord to everyone. He protects us from everything that is wicked. Our gathering uh, hymn will be number 216, and uh, it's Hosanna in the highest.
Let us pray. Gracious God, how good it is to know that you are with us, that you love us, that you care for us, and that you know us. How good it is to know that you never leave us, you never forsake us. But especially during the season of Lent, Lord, would you help us as we seek to eliminate negative thinking and Lord, put your positive uh, presence before the world that we live in, in order that they might want what we have and be with us in all things. Lord, we uh, ask you today to forgive all our sins, cleanse us from all that we've done wrong, and redirect our motivation that it might be holy, holy in the highest. We ask now that you'd guide us in all we do in this service through Christ our Lord who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those debts of those against us. We ask now that you would Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Be assured of this, that when we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Blessed be his holy name. Now, um, um, we, uh, Joel and the family are going to sing forever. Then we're going to have uh, Pastor Rebecca uh, share with us uh, during our family time. His love endures forever by the grace of life that has been reborn. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing Forever, God is faithful. 
Thank you, Smith family, for ministering to us, leading us in that great course, Forever God is Faithful. I'm going to ask uh, Rebecca. We've invited Rebecca to be here today, and she's going to be here for the entire Lenten series. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm just setting up my share screen. Good. So I wrote another poem. I think I've decided poems are the way we're going to, we're going to celebrate Lent. Um, so, Hi, yeah. Rebecca. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. It's nice to see you. Can I share a poem with you, Isla? And everyone else? Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Caleb. I can't, oh, I can't see you guys right now. Okay, I'll call you later today. I want to talk with you. And for now, I want to share a fun poem about the meaning of Lent. Let's, let's begin. Come with me on a journey as we discover this season, a time of preparation for this very special reason. Lent is a time to get ready, a time to prepare our hearts, over 40 days as we approach Easter, this is our start. Just like Jesus spent 40 days in the desert getting ready to love those around him on his way to the cross so steady. So Christians all around the world use these special 40 days to love God and those around us in some very important ways. Prayer, fasting, and giving are the three main ways that Christians practice Lent over these coming days. Over the next few weeks, we'll look deeper at these three, but for today, please ask yourself, what could they mean to me? Life is full of seasons, summer, winter, spring, and fall, getting ready for birthdays and Christmas. Each season has a purpose for all. And this sweet season of Lent can be a fresh new start as you get ready for Easter and seek Jesus with all your heart. Again, I want you to think of what you want to do. Prayer giving can be special just for you. Talk about it at home and think of special ways that you can think of Jesus throughout these next 40 days. And let's remember God's promise that when we seek, we will find, and that we're called to love him with all our heart, soul, and mind. Lent is one such season where we can choose to grow by prayer, praying, giving, and picking something that we, for a time, let go. Thanks for letting me share the, the poem today. And I look forward to sharing more poems with you guys for the next few weeks as we discuss what it means to focus on Jesus in these 40 days. Thank I you, Rebecca. <laughs> Thank you so much. My pleasure. That was really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Rebecca afterwards about uh, us being able to uh, send that to everyone um, because it's the words on it are excellent and they prepare us for Lent. So thank you very much, Rebecca. We sure appreciate it. Always send, enjoy I'll, you. I'll send it to you after I can send you the 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 slideshow. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we have a prayer as we prepare for the word of God, and uh, I'm preaching on an unusual theme, but Lent isn't usual. 
Lent is a time of preparation. So I'm talking about being untamed. And we're going to learn some things about this term, especially from the uh, Greek context, which uh, really opens up our minds to uh, who we are and how we can change our approach to this season. Um, and so this prayer is there for, for all of us to participate in. And let's, uh, let's say it together. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit, who teaches us the wonder of our Messiah's example of how we should live here on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've asked uh, Michelle to uh, read us, read from the scriptures, Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. And uh, she's going to read for us now. Good morning. Good morning. The, baptis the baptism and teaching of Jesus. At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in that wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the new good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Thank you. Appreciate that, Michelle. It's nice to get a fresh, a fresh voice. Um, we thank all those that participate, but it's always nice to get someone we haven't heard from in a long time. Probably certainly not in my time, but it is nice to have you on, Michelle. So you're so faithful. Well, I've entitled my message uh, "Untamed," and um, it's a very interesting word. This this word "tamed." Uh, suggests an animal that's been domesticated. And uh, it's, it really is like a Tarzan movie, I think, uh, because, uh, because it really speaks to us about the fact that the Tarzan never tried to change an animal. Uh, he just defended what was right and what was good. The, the definition of tame in this context is the word tarion, which means to subdue or to bring under control to rein in, to deprive of spirit. It means to conquer in the Greek context. One who is tamed is trained to obey the voice and the directives of other people. In the same Greek, in the same Greek word, which is only mentioned three times in the entire scriptures. One is in Mark here. And one is uh, by, by Paul in one of his epistles. And then the, the last, the third is found in Revelation, which speaks about how God operates and how he is totally untamed. Um, and uh, so one who's tamed uh, is, is really controlled. But one who is untamed has a wildness, if you will, about him or her. <clears throat> so right after, uh, and I said, as I said, today's scripture is kind of uh, one of, uh, of the typical uh, 
I remember Tarzan very well because he was kind of free, if you will, but still recognized and respected uh, God's creation. Well, right after Jesus' baptism, he was kind of driven out into the wild. That's what it says. By the Holy Spirit, where he spent 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says he was tempted. Jesus, in a sense, underwent a, a wilderness experience. A kind of coming of age before uh, entering ministry. I don't know how many of you know the story of the Navajo uh, Indian tradition when a, a, a boy becomes a man. But it goes something like this. When a man, uh, when a young boy wanted to become a man and it was a certain age, it wasn't 12 years old, like, like Jesus would have entered into when he was 12 years old, uh, it would have been kind of a bar mitzvah a coming of age, if you will. But the Navajos have a, a tradition that when a boy reaches a certain age, and I'm not sure that there's a particular age that it is, and wants to take on the directives of a man, uh, he is led into a forest, a forest where all the animals sort of live. And he would be blindfolded and his hands tied. And he would be left there overnight. And while he was there, he would hear all of the animals. He would hear the, uh, the hyena. He would hear the bears. He would hear the wolves. He would hear all of those animals. After the night was over, I'm sure he was probably, the boy was probably on edge. And uh, so after the night was over, the, the braves from the Navajo community would come back in, take the, take it, undo his hands and take off the, the uh, bandana that was across his eyes. And the first person that that boy would see would be his father sitting beside him who'd been there the whole time making sure that nothing happened to his boy. Well, that's kind of what happened here. Jesus went into the wilderness. Oh, he was already a man, but he went into the wilderness to get reconnected with who he was. So he spent 40 days. He was driven, the Bible says. That's really the best word to use, uh, to be tempted and yet also to spend time and reconnect with his father. Jesus, in a sense, underwent a, a wilderness experience of coming of age. But the Bible says that the two, the father and he, became as one. If you look closely, the scripture doesn't say Jesus came to the wild animals. It doesn't say anything about that. No. He didn't fight them. He rose above them, but he never was attacked by them. Jesus lived among the animals. He went back to the wild side, if you will, learning to understand them as a community, but learning to understand what community was all about, to learn their order. He learned to survive among them, of course. He was being continually ministered to by the angels. And of course, he was, once he was, would get back with, to in touch with his true nature, being God's son, 
he would absolutely go against the cultivated one of Jewish community expectations, their values, founded on a, so to speak, cultivated Jewish world order. But he was an original being. He became man, but was also fully God. He also became untamed as, so to speak, God is untamed, but yet tried and tested and true and raw and authentic. Like John the Baptist before him, Jesus must become one with the wild before entering the dangerous territory of cultivated civilization. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Because what I'm gonna do is expand on that and make it just a little bit clear. In the wilderness, you can count on your pack to defend you. That's the way it's always been. When you are untamed, that is. Even the Lion King kind of suggests that. You have a much better idea of who your enemies are, who you can trust. When and whom you cannot trust. And Jesus needed this time to be reminded that as the son of God, as the lamb of God, that before he entered the Jurassic Park, so to speak, of Pharisees and priests and officials of Jewish order, he would need to know who he was and be sure of his identity and his mission. Yet at the same time, he had to be as wise as a serpent, yet gentle as a dove. That was the epitome of who Jesus was. Now, the wilderness of, of Israel was, was filled with all kinds of wildlife. Lions, bears, panthers, leopards, jackals, hyenas, snakes, scorpions, porcupines. Kind of sounds like a church. <laughs> Rats and wild dogs. It was also a place longing for restoration. When God touched down to recreate his world, he launched a plan for kingdom living. Second thing I want you to notice is that God's restoration always emerges in, from the depth of desolation, from the depth of desert experience, from the depth of a wilderness, if you will. Therefore, anything that, that's built against God's will, well, we've got to understand must be destroyed before God can restore beauty. In his world, in us, we are people who love living in our tamed world, a world we love to control. And let's face it, that's the way it has been for a long time. You know, we like to construct our own environment, don't we? We like to put our imprint on it. A civilization we'd like to impose our will on. And that is why we need a fresh or a complete visitation from Jesus Christ during this season of Lent. We need to go back to what our roots really are and were. You see, Jesus' experience in the wilderness tempted him to live as the world order demanded, but Jesus opted to trust in his Father's provision, and so must we. In his Father's strength, and so must we. In God's plan, 
and so must we. The third thing I want us to think about is when Jesus emerged from his wilderness experience, his message was this, the kingdom of God is now. So believe the good news. The kingdom of God is now. So repent and believe in his good news. What a wonderful experience that is. What, what a wonderful reality. And at this moment, when Jesus was inaugurated, if you will, came about the kingdom of God, touched down on earth, and became in the image of a man. What an amazing truth. In the wild, there he was, and he stood up to all of the cultivated suggestions that Satan was using against him. They were fraught with innuendos and suggestions. This moment when Jesus became fully human and fully divine, recognized where his roots really stood. Things changed. Changed for you and for me. True human nature was infused into our world. God's original plan was reenacted and, if you will, modeled again afresh and anew so that we would see the difference between how humanity had, well, degraded, disintegrated, and how Christ wanted us through his example to live for his father. It starts with repentance and it starts in believing the good news afresh and anew. And at this moment, true human nature was infused into our world. God's original plan was enacted. The Holy Spirit would begin to spread, or the message of the Holy Spirit would begin to spread like a weed Reminding the population who they really were. Reminding us of what it means to be created in God's own image. You and I are created in God's image. Think of that for a moment. I'm just not another human. I am created in the image of God. How do I know that? Because I, a long time ago, and continue to have to revisit that place i asked christ into my heart and i repented of my sin and on an ongoing basis i still do that because i do miss the mark of what the christian life is all about you and i were created to be wild but obedient to god's order not this world's order to wipe out injustice so that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that every time we say the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to make a suggestion. Do you know that the, the church was meant to be a bit of a wild place? <laughs> now, sometimes it is a wild place. But when we get in touch with Jesus, especially during this season, when God can touch us in a way we've never been touched before, then we have set up his kingdom. Think about that. God can touch us in a way we've never been touched before. The disciples' worldview, of course, was constantly being 
decimated by Jesus. They were under the, they knew the teachings, teachings of the law. They knew that. But Jesus constantly challenged them by suggesting and presenting his wilderness order at every turn in their journey. They had to reevaluate. The conclusion I'm leaving you with is this. Don't let the world tame your God-feisty spirit. I'm going to say it again. Don't let the word world tame your God-feisty spirit. Don't let the world cultivate order and compromise the truly human part of who you, were, you and I were created to be. Let me ask you, are you on the wild side? Isn't it time you got in touch with that wild side and allowed Jesus to represent us with the good news and refresh our spirits during this Lenten season? That's what I'm praying for, for you and for me. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for your word. It's rich. It's exciting. It is truth. Lord, we ask now as we go to prayer for those who are among us. Lord, there's so many who need our prayers. We think immediately of, of Earl. Lord, he's had a tough week since last Sunday. But I pray, Lord, today that you administer to him. That you'd recreate him in your image. That you do that to all of us, in fact, during this season that we might repent and receive the good news that we are different, that we are untamed, providing that untamedness comes from you. Lord, recreate us in your image daily, not just once when we, every Sunday when we get together, but daily, recreate us in your image so that the world would see Jesus in us. We pray, Lord, for those who really need our prayers. Uh, we think, Lord, of Christy, uh, Crystal uh, Brady and, and Meredith, who's gone through a mastectomy. Lord, I pray you'd be with her today. Heal her. Restore her to full health and strength. We pray for Harvey and Joe, Sylvia and Fred. Lily, Lord, we just pray that that little life would receive your healing completely and fully. We pray for Michael, Rob, Matthew, and Earl. Lord, we pray that as uh, Matthew uh, is reassessed, that God, you will heal him and show those that are the best that we have in Canada, show them that you're still the best that you are able to heal and restore as you intended Matthew to be initially and originally. Touch his little body. We think of those in retirement, we think especially of Isabel who's celebrating a birthday today. Oh Lord, may we lift her up and give thanks for her life for indeed. Her love is so rich. We think Lord God of, of, um, of, uh, of Judith and Fran Norma, Audrey, Donna, and Lori. We think of all of our elders, Lord, who are attempting to stay in touch with those that 
that are part of their flock. And we ask, Lord, that you would make us all cognizant of how much we are needed in the line of work in which you've called us. Guide us, Lord. We think of those that have brought this morning prayer requests wherever they may be, whether it's Toronto or Ottawa or, or other areas of our country. We ask, Lord, today that you would answer our prayers as we bring them to you in your mercy, O oh Lord. Don't just hear our prayer, but answer. Now, Lord, we, as we lift up each of these people, there's so many others who need our prayers. And Lord, I pray that you will uh, uh, emphasize or, or leave their names on our minds so that we might lift them up. It doesn't matter the time of day or night. May we lift them up fully and completely. We're so grateful, Lord, for what you have done in sustaining us during this COVID time. We ask, Lord, that you would guide us in everything we do. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask um, David Barr to read the prayer for Lent during this pandemic. And I'm going to ask him to lead us in it. And you can follow it. If you don't have it, um, then that's fine. You can just... Uh, empathize along with Dave as he leads us. David? From dust we came, to dust we will return. Dear God, it's one thing to know that, another thing to live into it with sudden gulping uncertainty, as this pandemic year has repeatedly taught us. We give thanks for the exhausted healthcare workers and for chaplains who work miracles of healing and compassion, who hold the hands of those who are dying, whispering that they are not alone. They are not alone. We ask your solace for those who are suffering and lonely, scared and in need, for whom the last year has felt more like the cross and less like resurrection. We give thanks for your steadfastness and hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. We give thanks for this new vaccine. We offer gratitude for pastors and church leaders for their faithfulness and creativity. May we hold up one another. We pray that this year's journey of Lent will teach us to walk closer with Christ, that we will learn to hold silence to feel God's presence seeping into our bones, that we will try to see the face of Christ in the people around us as we pray for those we love, for people we see often but don't know well, and for those who challenge or anger us, whose stories of pain or grace we may not know that we see the creator's presence in the trees, the stars, the wind, the cleft of the rock. Through this Lent, we ask that you teach us how to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly, remembering it is from dust that we come 
and to dust we shall return, that we love extravagantly while we are here, that in life and in death we belong to God. Amen. Thank you, David. God bless you for reading that. And thank you, Elaine, for having put it into uh, the stuff with the bulletin. We sure appreciate it. It's a good prayer. And it's one that you can use again and again if you have a copy of it. Um, take time to read it again and, uh, and pray it with, uh, with your heart. As we close, uh, we want you to know that, um, that anytime... I want you to know this, that anytime you want to call me, you can. I am available by phone anytime, and I mean that. Um, we're going to close with number 193, Out of My Bondage, Sorrow, and Night, and it'll be uh, verse 1 and 4. Thank you, Linda, and thank you for joining us today. Um, we're going to pronounce the benediction in just a minute, but I want to thank uh, Joel again for all of his help in his ministry and the whole family, actually, and uh, thank Elaine for her work. Keeps encouraging us so well. Thank you, Michelle, for having joined us today and read scriptures. David, for your help. And for all of you coming together with us, God bless you. Oh, yes, I want to thank Rebecca, too. Uh, thank her for her ministry. I'll tell you, she's, a, she's an amazing young lady, and uh, we just thank God for her that she's come our way. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit rest on each one of you now and forevermore. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Phil. Uh, no, did we? I, I might have missed it from last week, but did we properly think? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't get you. Did we? Joel. Did we properly sing "Happy Birthday" to John Duncan last week? No, I believe I hear some that it was his birthday yesterday. Yes, it is. That's right. I saw him this week. Oh, just finally off. So let's say, uh, Joel, if you want to lead us. Well, is, is John even here? We need to see him. John Duncan, show yourself. John Duncan, if you're online here, uh, let's see you. <laughs> oh, or at least hear from you. How do I turn on the oh, camera? There's, there, the Duncans. <laughs> there's the Duncans. In the bottom left hand corner of your screen, you should see. Oh, there he is. Yes. Happy hey, John. Happy birthday. All right. Hello. Kids. And we're going to sing to you. We got to show them. All right. Come on up. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, John. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Thanks, Al. Bless you, John. Well, nice Looks like you're, you're surviving, John. Yeah, well, I'm also working on school here at the same time. But. <laughs> yes, now you'll, you'll be done this year, won't you? Yes, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is the year. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I wish you the, the best as you go into the season of uh, exams and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and uh, I pray that you'll do extremely well. Thank you. You're welcome. John, how old are you? 20 this year. 20. Not a teenager anymore. <laughs> no, nope. he's not a teenager anymore. Maybe, maybe he's we the should, man. Maybe we should go around the group and share some stories from when each of you were 20. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I wasn't uh, ever as good looking as him. I wasn't ever as good looking as him. <laughs> <laughs> 20 was so long ago I don't remember it <laughs> there you go me too I'm thinking the same I just don't want to remember it <laughs> <laughs> actually at, at 20 I proposed to Catherine <laughs> thank you for tuning into this week's service Again, we would love to have you join us at one of our two Sunday morning services. First at 9.30 in either Elfin or Snow Road. We alternate week, over, week after week throughout the summer. And then in the winter, we're only in Elfin. And then again at 11 a.m. in McDonald's Corners. Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or call us at the number in the bulletin. We hope to see, hear from you soon and we hope that this message has reached you wherever you are.